Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This, another one of our field trips, DMTFT. <laughs> I'm going to get so good at that. <laughs> uh, listen, we're starting section 63 today, and we're going to finish back in Kirtland where it was given. But we wanted to start in section 57 because this is kind of where we've been the last several revelations and what we've been talking about. And we wanted to make sure that you um, got a good look at it and we could introduce just kind of everything that happened here. So let's catch you up. Section 52, remember the Lord says, I want you to hold a conference in Missouri. And when you get to Missouri, I'm going to tell you where the city of New Jerusalem, where this Zion city is going to be built. So they follow that commandment and they come out here. Remember all the missionaries were headed out here. Joseph and Sidney and Martin Harris and Oliver Cowdery, they all came out here. And when they met out here, uh, section 57 is the first revelation given in Zion. That's what they call section 57. Um, and so if you would go there, that is where we want to look and see like what did they receive here actually in this actual spot where we are. And we love, we wanted to bring you here because we want you to see independence. Remember how we talked about how the church was being run in two different places at this time, Kirtland, and then there were people coming to Missouri. And we kind of want you to have a picture in your mind of what Missouri would actually be like what are we talking about what's the ground we're talking about here um, as we go back into 63 which we'll talk about that assembling of the saints so in 57 um, verses 1 through 3 it um, is a revelation that was given here that talks about this land that was appointed and consecrated for the gathering of the saints and um, in verse 3 it tells us the place which is now called independence is the center place and a spot for the temple is lying westward upon a lot which is not far from the courthouse. Wherefore, it is wisdom that the land should be purchased by the saints, and also every tract lying westward, even to the line, running directly between Jew and Gentile. So they're going to start purchasing the lands. We are standing right in the place um, where he talked about um, the, where the temple would be, on the temple lot, which is right here. And in a... Um, well, let's just talk about, so if you were to come right from here, the very first thing they did was to lay out where the first temple would be built, that would be built here. And if you look, you'll be able to see that it goes straight out from us here and then back from us here and then over to here. And we'll be able to show you on the drone a little bit better what that looks like. We're going to stick some people right there so you can kind of imagine in your mind what that temple would look like. But it's interesting because on the original plat Joseph drew, there's actually 24 buildings that are set apart as houses of God that will be in this center place right here. And we'll talk in a minute about what those buildings, um, what Joseph had envisioned for those buildings. But let's just first talk about the properties right here and what's happening on the properties right now. Yeah, you know when they come here, they are just being introduced for their first time this whole Zion concept. I mean, they came because they saw that word in the Book of Mormon. They saw some of the prophecies in the Book of Ether, and everybody is so interested in it. In fact, if you look in the heading of the section, they're asking these questions. Mm. 
When, when is the wilderness supposed to blossom as a rose? And when is Zion going to be built up for her glory? And where is the temple going to be that all nations are supposed to come unto in the last days? These are the questions that like, has the Lord go out to this place? And they get here and when they come, their descriptions are so funny because they get here and they're like, well, Joseph's like, they're about a hundred years behind their time here. <laughs> uh, Missouri was the place that if you were an outlaw or a criminal, you came to Missouri because you were right on the edge of the border of the United States and you could flee the, the sheriffs and stuff by just jumping over the border. Which so who loves, was... let's just stop for a minute and think about this back in New Testament times. Um, because in New Testament times, where was it that the Lord wanted to be? And it was where the outcasts were. It was on the places mm. that were on the border. You think about that our favorite wedding supper where he's like, go out to the hedges and go out to the people in the margins and bring them in. And do you a little bit love the symbolism of where am I going to build Zion? It's, it's going to be yeah. right there on that border where you would, you know, want to welcome in everybody, which... The welcoming in didn't go as well, but I just love the symbolism right. of that. Yeah, that's actually a super rad thought. So it began there back then. And as you know, those of you who know a little bit of church history, it's not going to end super well in this place. And we'll talk more about that in, in a later section. But currently, as it, as it stands, it is sort of just this waiting place, a land of promise still. Right In verse 2, it, that's one of the names of it. This is a land of promise. And, and we're just kind of waiting for some of those promises uh, to come to pass, right? Yeah, and, we, and you a little bit hinted toward this, but it's so fun to think that what started on that day, it was August... Um, Third? Yeah, in August of 1833 is when um, they came and started looking for where this place was going to be. And on that day, yeah, August 3rd, oh, 1831. yeah. There were eight elders who were here, and it's fun to just talk about who came for that. Joseph Smith, Oliver Cowdery, Sidney Rigdon, Peter Whitmer Jr., Frederick Williams, William W. Phelps, Martin Harris, and Joseph Coe. And Sidney Rigdon is the one who dedicated this ground for that first temple. That well, was for the city of Zion. For the Sydney city Rigdon, of Zion. Like, yeah, the city of Zion. And then this is going to be where the first temple it would have come from and they used a log who thinks that's so awesome that yeah. they just laid logs first for their like dedication like you compare that to a temple dedication today now. where you have like uh, everyone's all proper and they've got the little tents and like you know they lay the yes. <laughs> you know and it's just yes. like this like oh, you know and, and then and then you have this like group of yeah. guys and they uh, lay ruffians. a log yeah. you just want them to be ruffians they just got over here and they're like this is what is going to happen I just here love it it's so fun um, the lord tells them to buy up all this property but then with everything that happens with all of the mobs do you call it mobbery with all of the mobocracy <laughs> everything that was happening um then we left here and in that process three different churches bought the land so let's talk for a minute about those three different churches we're standing on the church of christ property which is just this beautiful white church so simple i love um coming and visiting here and and looking at this property here and then um directly diagonal from us you would have what the lds church owns and that goes all the way up to the mission office is what you would see at the far end of that property and then the community of christ owns these two properties this would be their main headquarters here and um, behind us is their is auditorium. Their, yeah, their auditorium where they meet. Um, so that's what these properties look like now. And there's a lot of prophetic revelation 
of what is going to eventually happen here everywhere in the old testament in the book of mormon in the new testament um, in the doctrine and covenants you can see the new jerusalem talked about in all of scripture and modern day prophets also share a lot about what is going to happen here um, is there one favorite that you have of those revelations i love the one that talks about um, i wish i would have looked this up before but um, the word of the lord will come from both jerusalem and the new jerusalem um, that that's how the church will be run when it comes to the second coming, when, when that part of um, mortality is happening. And this place is a central part of everything that will be happening there. We love the names um, of this place that you might find through all of Scripture, and we've pulled just a few of those out. Yeah, listen to some of these places. Um, the center place, the city of Zion, a land of promise, a new Jerusalem, the land of inheritance, Mount Zion, New Jerusalem, and City of Holiness. And I'm, I'm sure there are some that we miss there. And you remember back in section 58 and 59, we talked about what a Zion people looks like. That it was a Zion people that had to be readied before a Zion place. And we're going to keep that coming up again. But you know, when you're asking what one of my favorite things is, I just love the name Jerusalem. That it comes from shalom, which means a wholeness, which means um, a peace, you know, and, mm -hmm. and a unity. And that description uh, from the book of Moses 7 of what Zion actually is. Like, I think that is, it's beautiful. And, and this, there is that spirit of that here. It's interesting to me, we were talking as we were getting out of the car, that like over back behind there is a, um, a little plaque for the start of the United Nations which has this mission of, you know, uniting all the nations. And the temple that is over to our right, every day they gather for a prayer of peace uh, for the people of, of the world. And it's just powerful that nothing physically is happening here as far as building, but the spirit of holiness and unity um, is still like... Permeates. Yeah, it's still here. Yeah, and waiting I love for the to, promises. Um, that same thing when we got out of the car, because you look around and and there's nothing that is, like, um, I don't know that just would thrill you maybe as you walk in here, except for this feeling of anticipation. Yeah. And I always think to myself when I get here, it's not so much what is here, as much as it is what will be. Yeah. Here and and it's just that um, what could come. Thinking about the potential of this place and what will come here is what fascinates me. Um, we're going to move into 63 in just a few minutes. And as we go there, we're going to talk about this assembling of the saints. And, and Joseph is going to go back and talk about this Zion, all these questions. He's going to answer the when and the where and talk about what that's going to look like and, and talk about the how, how he's going to, the Lord's going to raise up a Zion people. But one thing for me that every time I walk into this location, the thought that is always on my mind is Jesus Christ and um, the belief that we have that he will come again. We had the opportunity in Kirtland to sit down with a man by the name of Carl Anderson and spend some time talking with him. And one of the questions we asked him was, if you could tell us anything about Kirtland, he's, um, I should say this, he is, Mr. Kirtland. Yeah, he is the, <laughs> the expert of church history in Kirtland. He just has a wealth of information. 
And we said to him, if you were gonna tell us one place we wanna make sure we visit or one thing we make sure we don't miss while we're in Kirtland, what would it be? Like, what of all the knowledge that you have, what is the one thing you wanna make sure we don't miss here? And I'll never forget what he said in that moment. And it was Jesus. Just make sure you do not miss Jesus when you are in Kirtland, that there were more words spoken by the Lord in Kirtland than any other place in the world. And I love when he said to us, they were words of comfort and words of promise and words that the people could hold on to in a time of great tribulation and poverty. He talked to us about how many times Jesus Christ appeared in Kirtland over and over and over again. He wanted to make sure we understood how much a part Jesus Christ played in that city in Kirtland. And as we go back there and walk through there, you'll hear us talking about him. But as we stepped on to this property today, I had that same thought. Um, what's the one thing you don't want to miss here? And for me, every time I come, it's the promise that Jesus Christ is going to come again, that our belief in a second coming is real. And as we talk about preparing a Zion and building up a new Jerusalem and the part each of us has to play, it's, it's that that should be foremost in our minds, is, is the fact that Jesus Christ will one day be here with all of us. Yeah, and you look at an empty field and it just reminds you of a promise yet to be fulfilled, right? That he's like, I haven't given up. Remember yeah. he said that too, he's like, it's just a, all those words are a testament. It's like he had their backs. He was with them through it all. And he still isn't done with his work. That's what this empty field says. He's still not done. Uh, he's still involved and there's still more yet oh, to come. Oh, and good things. Good yeah. things to Such come. Such good things to look forward to. Yeah. Um, we will be back here at the very, very end of the video after the Kirtland part to just to celebrate that idea. Okay, now here we are uh, back in Kirtland and we're at the Isaac Morley farm. This place we've talked about a couple of times already, but we really wanted you to have a chance to come here. And here there is going to be one of several important revelations about the land of Zion in independence. That's why we started there. But we wanted to bring you to the place where that happened. And let's just remind you about this ground here, because if you ever come to the Kirtland area, for sure you want to visit this place. It's where Joseph and Emma come. They kind of have their first house here. Isaac Morley lets all the saints come and they live on this land on his farm and he builds a little house for them. This is that spot where, remember, her, um, her twins will die. She rides into Kirtland pregnant and here. And it's actually Isaac Morley's daughters who come into the house and they take care of her and they take care of the house um, while she's kind of you know, recovering from all of that. And also not too long ago, remember we talked about that first conference that happens here with the restoration of the high priesthood and all of the miracles and um, just spiritual manifestations that happen. That all is like this place. And they right only here. live here for six months. So it all takes place between March and September of that year. All of those things. So a lot going on in this little part of Kirtland. Yeah. This Do is, the new babies come too? The two new twins? Yeah. So you remember Julia Murdoch, John and Julia Murdoch, she dies in childbirth and John brings the two twins 
um, to Emma, and, and those are two that she will um, then have as, as her own and, and start to raise those babies. We'll talk more about those twins a little bit later um, in a later section and everything, but just really, really neat, significant things. I mean, we talked about consecration. We're going to keep talking about it, but Isaac Morley is a man who just is the living, mm -hmm. breathing definition of that word. Right as he embraces the gospel, he says, oh, I have a farm. Let everybody come and live here. And funny enough, he's one of the missionaries that goes out to Missouri. Remember, we talked about those who are planted mm -hmm. in their places. He's one that goes. And while he's on his way to his mission, um, the Lord asks him to sell the farm and use the money to help fund the building of Zion. And he's like, okay. So it's just like, he's just that, that guy. We do want to tell you one cool story about this place because this section deals a lot with this, the grand scope of the work of the kingdom. Um, you may have heard this story before, but right before Zion's camp, which we haven't talked about yet, but we will, friends, don't you worry. Um, when they're about to leave on that, they gather in that little schoolhouse that's here, the same one that they held the conference uh, that, that we just talked about, that I just reminded you about. Um, they gather in there, and Wilford Woodruff is the one who gives us uh, this experience. He said, it's the first time I ever met Brigham Young, first time I ever saw Oliver Cowdery, and he said, all the priesthood in this area gathered and they fit into that little 14 by 14 schoolhouse made out of logs. We wish they still had the schoolhouse. You just have to imagine it. Right. I'm going to build it. Okay. Why should we not? Um, and Joseph asks everybody there, will you please go around and share your, your, your vision of the work and your testimony? And they all do. And when he's done, this is what Wilford says. He, Joseph stands up. He says, brethren... I've been very edified and instructed in your testimonies here tonight, but I have to say to you before the Lord, you no more comprehend the destinies of this church and kingdom than a babe upon its mother's lap. You don't comprehend it. Wilford said, I was rather surprised. And then he said, it's only a handful of priesthood you see here tonight, but this church will fill North and South America. It will fill the world. And in 2020, that's an easy prophecy to believe. But in 1836, in Backwoods, Kirtland, in this tiny schoolhouse, that's magnificent to think of mm. Joseph just giving him a taste of almost like, I want to expand your vision. I want you to see that this is much bigger than you ever even dreamed that it was. He was doing that in independence in Zion when they were laying the, those foundation stones um, and, and he's trying to do it here. So, and we love, yeah. one of the things I love about teaching this section in this place is exactly who the Morleys were. That um, I imagine both he and his wife were the welcoming in. They were gatherers. They were everybody come and um, do what you need to do here. And the church needed people like that at the beginning. It needed people who were that welcoming in. Um, and the church needs that still today, that same gathering in mentality and the come and stay that we learned about in conference and just that, that hospitality of bringing people in. Um, we were just in Independence and we talked about that being the gathering place, the center place, the place that everybody would come to. and. Sometimes we talk about that gathering as a place, as a literal place in Independence, Missouri. 
But sometimes we talk about Zion as a people and that we should be that kind of people, the gathering in kind of people. And you love that in 63, he's gonna say, just as they get back from independence, and, and he said, this is where Zion is, this is where you're gonna gather. And then he comes back, and do you wanna talk a little bit about what was happening in Kirtland? Because it's interesting, um, Joseph's gonna come back and he's got this vision of Zion and this gathering that's gonna take place, and then he walks into... Yeah, and I, and I think just very much what you're saying is just like, man, we've got Zion the place, but he comes back here to Kirtland, he's like, we do not have Zion the people yet. And Zion, the people have to precede Zion, the place. And while he's been gone in Missouri, which was not very long, this place just became a, a hotbed, a, a mess of uh, just apostasy, adultery. Like it just was like, and he gets back and he's just like, what happened? Oh man. And the heading's actually really neat because it says this in, in the heading of this section, which is part of the history, it says, in these infant days of the church. And so we ought to say like, Everybody ought to be really gracious and merciful towards other yes. people at all times. Um, but particularly as we look back in history at these people and consider the infant days of, of the church, there was a great anxiety to obtain the word of the Lord on every subject in any way concerning our salvation and also the building up of Zion. And so everyone is wondering right now when he comes back, there's like, well, what, when are we moving there? Mm -hmm. And do we sell our farms again? Yeah, and, and what and happens there? And what's the purpose of that Where's the money place? coming from? And, yeah, and then, there's and, so many questions. You know, and then what about us personally? And you can't help but think about like these, like Zion and all this kind of stuff. You start thinking about introspection, your own personal salvation. So this section just comes at the heart of all of that. Of all those questions are being asked. Um, and it's interesting because the Lord's going to start out right in 63 and give you the why. This is why you're going to gather. This is why there's going to be a center place. This is um, the purpose. And he says this, Hearken, O ye people, this is in verse 1 of 63, and open your hearts and give ear from afar and listen, you that call you yourselves the people of the Lord. <laughs> I love that part. That he's like, you just get that hint of Moses coming down from the mount and the golden calf that's waiting there. I love that. And listen, you that call yourselves the people of the Lord and hear the word of the Lord and his will concerning you. Yeah, because if you're going to be his people, then let's start acting like his people. Yes. Is sort of the yep, vibe and that's gonna of be this. Part of this gathering and this gathering in and this preparing to go to Zion. And what we're going to get from 19 verses here is a voice of warning is what he tells us for what's about to come. It's almost as if he's saying, don't be thinking about where you are now and don't be thinking about where you've come from and the persecution and the hardship. What I wanna open your eyes to is what's about to come. And you need to understand um, why you would need a Zion and you'll understand it better if you understand what's about to come. So, yeah, and almost like, let's stop thinking so much about land. That's gonna be practical and he's gonna talk about it in this section, but there's something bigger deeper. and deeper going on here that you need to see. So on the study guide, you'll see you have on that left side him talking about what he's going to call a day of wrath and what that what could result. If, if we keep following this path that we're on right now, this is what it's going to end up as. Sin and, always and does, leads to this. And it does happen. That as When we can look back over history and, and see, we see this actually really did play out. But he was trying to protect 
his people from what was about to come. It's fun to just pull out some of the words. Yeah, um, and then you go find some other stuff in it's there, in, but here's some. Yeah, it's in verse 6, right? Yeah, this is verse 6, so I'm going to skip down there, and then we'll go back up to the top where he says, Verily, verily, I say, let the wicked take heed, and let the rebellious fear and tremble, and let the unbelieving hold their lips. For the day of wrath shall come upon them as a whirlwind, and all flesh shall know that I am God. So that's what he's telling you is a day of wrath is coming. And, and he talks about, let's just pull some of the words, the wicked, the rebellious, um, uh, what other things do we see? Yeah, there? well, he brings up that adultery. Verse 17, he talks about like just unbelieving hearts, lying hearts, whoremongering hearts. About like it. you're just... Um, in 15, he tells them, repent speedily, lest judgment will come upon you as a snare. Um, and I think it's interesting when we read that verse about, like the one that you just read, where it just says, I want, where was it? Oh, let the rebellious fear and uh, tremble. Um, I, I don't ever think that there's a place in scripture where God wants us to be afraid of him. Mm. Um, but he does say you should fear sin and you should fear the consequences of sin and and so just however scripture is nuanced i, I think that's an important truth that's so that good he is the protection from ourselves and he's mm -hmm. the protection from outside enemies also and so as he gets in here uh, he really is stern and right to the point on things because he's like you will uh like implode you'll self-destruct if you keep following <laughs> this path like this path let's you're go on. to 32 through 35 too because i think that's important is that where we went yeah yeah we through? have it on here yeah um, so there's a couple things there where he just talks about he's um because of the wicked he's going to hold his spirit from the earth in 32 um in 33 um he has decreed wars upon the face of the earth and the wicked shall slay the wicked so again that same thing and Remember, this is long before any of the great wars um, we see in our generation. This is before the Civil, Civil War and World War I and World War II. But I love that the Lord is saying, this is what I see coming. And this is the reason for the gathering, both the gathering place, but also for becoming a gathering people, because that's where you're going to find your strength right now. Um, and not just then, but even now, and you love that in these verses, he's also giving um, the, the how. Like, how do you become a gathering people? What does that look like? He doesn't just tell them, gather and leave them hanging there. But he's like, let me show you actually how you're going to find this protection that can only come within the gathering. And we love these verses. You're going to find them in 23 through 31. And then... 36 through 48. And, and we've just... split this up a little bit because this section is organized kind of where it's like, this is why now here's some instruction. And he goes back to, let me remind you, this is why and here's some instruction. So yep. it kind of happens um, both in there. But um, this one starts in, where are we saying? 23. 23. Yeah. But look at like things like this. He's like, I've given commandments and revelations and I'll give more mysteries uh, of my kingdom. And I love the end of that verse. And the same shall be in him a well of living water springing up to eternal life. It's so beautiful. He's like, the world is parched and in a famine for spirituality. But you can become and have a well of water um, in you. That's just, yep. I, I love that imagery. And I love in 24 when he says, They should assemble themselves together unto the land of Zion. 
not in haste, lest there be confusion which bringeth pestilence. Um, but so he's saying to them, this is the plan. The plan is you come, you assemble yourselves, you find strength here with everybody and, and come as you can. And you love the hint in there of come as you are, that there's a place for you. We've saved a seat for you. You belong here. That should be the language of the saints of the church. And um, it's and he goes through and he just keeps saying that that verse 25 is so neat. Remember the Lord keeps reminding everybody, Zion is in my hands. Yes. Like don't worry so much about it, but just keep doing what you can slowly, surely, patiently. He tells them, don't fight with people. Don't like it will all work out. So just as you can do it. And again, it's so rad that that revelation comes on a patch of land that's already been sold for these purposes yeah. like it's neat that so like neat. that revelation would come to a place where a man has already said well I have this to offer and and kind of puts it on you know the altar of the cause and it's and then it's, it's almost neat. as if he's saying now what do each of you have yeah, to offer right. to the cause you love in 36 where he says again assemble there is just something about that assembling and then I love when he says this in 37 you need to take righteousness and faithfulness. You need to become that, but that's not enough. It's not enough to just protect yourself and your home. I love when he says to them, then lift a warning voice to the inhabitants of the earth. Like you should warn as many people as you can that this is what's coming, um, that this day of wrath is coming and you should bring as many as you can with you. So he ends kind of the section, well, it's just really hinted throughout the entire thing that yes, there's gonna, there are these little like conflicts that we're having here and there, and there will be large world conflicts. He says, but uh, underneath all of that, there is the great conflict uh, between good and evil that's been going on. And all of this is just a manifestation of it. And a promise that um, uh, of one day, the son of man will return again. And all of this is, is going to end and at the very end of the section he talks about that in 53 and as you're going there let me i just want to grab this one other verse yeah. i love too that we're standing here on a farm um, where the morleys had so much to give so much they gave the whole farm and there might have been other people who were in that schoolhouse and in that congregation that that didn't have this much to give but still wanted to be a part of the work and I love in verse 40 when he says, it mattereth not unto me whether it be little or much um, that you give. What matters is just simply the fact that you give. And I love that lesson here because as we're preparing for the second coming, and that's where we're going to go right now, and he's going to ask us, bring your righteousness, bring your faithfulness, and give what you can. And as we bring those things, that's how we're going to gather people in. And it's also going to be when we have that mentality with ourselves that the Lord is saying, I'll take whatever you have to offer. It can be little or much. That's what we should be saying of every person who walks into um, our church buildings. We'll take whatever you can give, whether it be little or much. The point is that you're here and there's protection here for you, for what's about to come. And, and, and they, we love also that this is not, 63 is not just for the saints here. Uh, this was not a problem for their time. These wars and this voice of warning was not just for that little group of people that were here because we get to the end and he's gonna talk about the last times and the last days and preparing for the Son of God to come. 
it's a call to all of us, 63 is. It's a, it's a preparing and a gathering and a voice of warning and an assemble yourselves together that's for everybody, even now. Right. 54 just hints at like all second coming stuff, mm. the, the 10 virgins. And let's just remember from New Testament year that those who have filled their oil, and we saw this in section 45, it's those who've taken the spirit to be their guide particularly in the man matters of taking care of other people. So it just is like, keeps bringing back to that. And it just ends with this line, verse 58, for this is a day of warning and not a day of many words. He was just like, just here is the warning. Here's, here's the potential. Here's the warning. And then he just ends it with, okay, so now uh, you choose uh, which side you're going to be on. Um, and we love in 64, and this is a great place for us to end. I love when he's telling to them, um, this is what the most important thing you can do is take my name. He tells them, and just beware when you take my name, how you're doing it. Like, what are your intentions? And, and is it genuine? You know, are you going to be intentional about that? And I love in 64 when he says, remember that that which cometh from above is sacred and must be spoken with care and with constraint of the spirit. And I just love as we think about the Lord and the Lord's people and as we gather those people into this place and as we prepare for the second coming and and the day of wrath that's going to come that those are all sacred things to the Lord each of us are and he is and how we speak about that and the gathering and the people who come in those are sacred things and and we need to just do that with care that's how we protect that's how we protect the church that's how we protect the people and that's I think how we become ready for the second coming is just exactly what you were saying by, um, by our love. Um, love God and love people. The end. Okay, we're going to go back to independence and let uh, Jason Deere from Nashville Tribute Band uh, sing this song as we like anticipate the coming of the Son of Man, particularly in, in those places where there's where so much to look forward mm. to and, and prophecy. So we're going to end on that song as we consider uh, wh wh where, where am I going to, what am I going to give and where am I going to, you know, stand during this time of preparation for that. So good. See you okay, next see week. Ya. I'm far from the man that I want to be, but I'm trying and finding my way one step at a time. When I close my eyes, I ask myself, am I ready? Stand in the light of his glory that day With nothing to stand in my way When the trumpets will sound As heaven comes down With angels surrounding him Shouting his praises out loud When all that was wrong Righted in him when the Son of Man comes again. 
sky open wide and I'm feeling my soul drawn to the east and if I can't speak standing in awe frozen in time as he who was crucified and rose from the grave awakes the world to a new day and the trumpets will Heaven comes down With angels surrounding him Shouting his praises out loud When all that was wrong Will be righted in him When the Son of Man Comes confess when Jesus welcomes each heart to come and find rest the trumpets will sound as heaven comes down mm-hmm. with angels surrounding him shouting his praises out loud oh and all that was wrong be right in him when the son of man comes This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.